0: I'm going to talk to you about part six of the lifestyle of heaven. And I want to talk to you about the visible and invisible realms. Ooh. (laughs) Doesn't that sound like fun? How many of you have ever heard a teaching on the invisible and visible realms of God? Okay, good. Some of you. That's awesome. All right. Um, What I want to start off doing is I want to kind of take you like 50 miles up so we can see the big picture of heaven. And then let's bring down to a practical and intimate approach of heavenly encounters. Um, At the end, I'm going to call up a team, and we're all going to give words of knowledge, and we're going to show the practicality of what it is to tap into heaven and bring heaven to the earth. So the days are coming where we're going to have a holy shift, and God's people are going to come out of earthly living into heavenly living. Bob Haslett who wrote a book, Thinking Like Heaven, which I really encourage you to get. It's a great book. He said this, Heaven was not intended as a retirement home for the deceased believers, but as a place from which real life is lived. Adam was created to never die. Therefore, heaven was created so that human beings could interact with a living and loving God It is an environment ordained for communion and communication with the living. The Bible has a lot to say about heaven. So um, today I'm going to give you some biblical um, and practical explanations of how the invisible and the the visible operate together. So I want you to lift up the focus and your thinking. And what this does is it actually snaps the tether of your earthbound thinking. When you begin, because arise and shine, there is an arising, which is an active verb. It's an active verb where you have to actually do something on your own. That means you arise and you set your mind on the things above. You you set your mind on heaven, and it breaks the tether to your earthly thinking. I'm telling you, church, that if you will get this and you'll begin to practice it, like Brother Lawrence said in his famous book, Practicing the Presence of the Lord, that no matter where you go and what you do, you are tethered to heaven. You are tethered to heaven, and you're always communing with heaven, and that around you is the presence of heaven. Has anybody, remember that character from Peanuts that had the pig pen? Yeah, like he had that dusty, dirty, you know, and everybody's like, you know, okay. But in the heavenly of that it's like the glory cloud that's all around us that is that you can see it's a visible tangible presence of the lord because angels are ascending and descending on you because you've made yourself available to focusing and 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 um delighting yourself in these things okay so i asked the question when i started this series why did god create the heavens why? So turn to Genesis 1. Okay, we all know it, but I want you to see it. You know, visual, audio, you're hearing it. I, I would give an example, but you wouldn't be able to see it because heaven's invisible. <laughs> okay, so it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens, plural, and the earth. All right, pretty easy, right? God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. Now, where was God before all of this was going on? Right, he's the uncreated one, right? And so what he did is he created the heavens and the earth. And we seem to major on the earth and we minor on the heavens, not understanding that the two were actually created at the same time. So if uh, so uh, so I'm going to I'm going to approach this in in a different way. Now we all know that that God created everything because of love and because of intimacy and because of he loves us and he wants to be with us and there's a great affection that we have for one another in relationship and friendship with him, right? But I want to to approach this in terms of systems. And so when God is creating the heavens and the earth, he's actually creating one system. And the earth and the heavens cooperate together for the pleasure of God and for the provision of man. Because he didn't need heavens he didn't need heavens. He, he created heavens, be, the heavens because he created the earth. And he knew he was going to create man. And so he- the heavens became an aspect of the whole of all creation. It's a system that God created so that he could connect with his people. And that's the place where he communes with us. He dwells and made himself a place for him to dwell so that he could be with his people. Let's talk about the invisible realm for a minute. I read this article by Meredith G. Klein from Westminster Theological Seminary in California. Meredith is a man. Okay. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I actually read an article the other day by a man named Mary. And I thought, oh, it's kidding. All these theologians. Anyway, the, the name of the article is Space and Time in the Genesis Cosmogogy which is, no, it's, cosmo, it's cosmogony. Cosmogony. It's, it's the study of and the origin and the development of the universe. Anyway, he, um, he refers to heaven and earth as two registers, and he says this, Central and biblical revelation is the relationship of God, whose dwelling place is heaven's glory, to man on earth. A two-register cosmos is thus the scene of this biblical drama, which features constant interaction between the upper and the lower registers. Isn't that interesting? One to us is visible, and one to us is invisible. But that doesn't make the invisible any less real. Isaiah says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. So when he talks about the registers and when heaven is referred to as higher, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's higher in terms of um, where it is located, like, oh, it's right up here. But it means in terms of value. An intrinsic value. So his ways are higher. His ways are actually, um, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Therefore, it's considered, and it's, um, and it's associated with an upper level, if you will. Does that make sense? So um, in value, and it's in value and higher thoughts. Um, like I was saying about the road of the two guys on the road to Emmaus, right? They, they, they were functioning in the lower register, They were functioning in the understanding of their own thinking in the earth. And so they were pondering the things that had happened and the conclusions that they were coming to were earthly conclusions. And so Jesus shows up on the scene and says, no, 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 you're thinking in terms of the earth, but I'm telling you there is a higher way and a higher thought, which is me, Christ in you, the hope of glory, and that you will now have access to all of heaven's resources sources that you can now bring to the earth which makes things a lot easier for us because we don't have to work so hard come on it's the lazy boy it's the lazy boy of the gospel I mean this is so easy it's like okay what's heaven saying all right this is what heaven's saying now I'm going to say this and I'm going to live and I'm going to pray according to what I hear heaven say Okay? So, it's a, it's a real easy process. So, in the Bible, there are three heavens, and I want to talk to you about the heavens and, um, and what the Bible says about them. So, number one, the Bible calls heaven the sky or the firmament, and everything that you see with your natural eyes when you look up, the Bible says that's heaven. So, when you look at the stars When you look at the universe, when you look at all of the planets, the sun and the moon, what you're seeing, the Bible calls the heavens, okay? And God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for, did you hear that? Let all of what you see be for a purpose, So he created the things that you can see because he wanted to give you like crib notes. He wanted to help you out so that you could understand the times and the seasons and the days. So when there's a holy shift going on in the body of Christ, he said, here's another way that I'm going to show you. And it's going to include my calendar It's going to include my calendar. You're going to see signs in the heavens, and the heavens are for a purpose. Because that will show you what's going to happen in the natural, and it's going to show you what's happening in the invisible realm right now. So something's going on right now, today, in the heavenly realm that is facilitating a shift that's coming in the natural. And we know this because we have eyes that are looking at the stars that are were created by God as a sign to his people that something is changing. Now, We can look at this because during the birth of Jesus, you had a sign in the heavens, right? You had the two planets that came together that made an incredible star of Bethlehem, right? And then, right now, you have this month, you had Jupiter and Mars coming together again Which were the same two planets that came together during the Bethlehem moment and it created one star again as they, what they called uh, the astronomers called kissed. They kissed. The two stars once again came together to create one big bright star. This hasn't happened in 2000 years. Do you think that's a sign? I think that's a sign. I think it's a sign that said people get ready because Jesus is coming that your generation, you're going to see these kind of things again, and there's a birthing that's happening, but this time it's going to be in the people of God who's, uh, who, uh, who are going to birth forth the glory of God. Amen? The other sign, of course, are the blood moons, which we've already talked about. All right, the second, the Bible calls heaven the invisible habitation of God. In Psalm 33, 13, he says, The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men from his dwelling place. He looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the heart of them, he who understands all their works. And so God's habitation is the place of heaven. The angels, their habitation is in this invisible realm. Sometimes they make themselves visible in the visible realm sometimes they will come through that invisible um, uh, portal or the the veil uh, that is very thin, that has been torn, and we can see, and I'm telling you, that, the, that as you gaze on Jesus in prayer, prayer is the way in the future. Everything else, all these traditions of man and all these exercises of programs or whatever, that in the future there's going to be one program, and that's Jesus. And, and his theology is the theology we're all going to be adopting. Amen? Also, the fallen angels reside. Um, Ephesians 6 talks about um, that, that principalities and powers reside in heavenly places. So you've got a lot of activity that's going on in heavenly places. Um, in Isaiah, um, the Holy Spirit inspired him to, to talk about the place where God is. Heaven is his throne, so Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven then is on the inside of us. This is the third place that it is. So heaven, the kingdom of heaven does not come by observation, not, uh, nor will they say, uh, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So you've got three places where the kingdom of God is, okay? You have, you have uh, our kingdom of heaven. You have heaven that surrounds the earth, right? It surrounds the earth. You have heaven that's all around us. You have an invisible realm that's all around us and, the, and angels that are all around you. Right now in this room, the angelic is present with us. Right now behind me, I've got this huge angel, right? So each one of us are accompanied by an angel. In this room, there are angels. Whenever there is praise and worship, I will guarantee you these guys are running to hear the praises of their king. So there's a lot of angelic activity that's happening in here. We just can't see it. But I tell you, if you will focus, the more you focus on heaven, isn't it interesting that, that um, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. He didn't say seek first God. focus on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And I'm not saying that we're not going to focus on God. I'm not saying that God is not our first because he is. You guys know that I know that and that I, my life, you know, is an example of that. But he said, listen, listen. T- Seek first this pattern of living and this place where you can access heaven. And next week, I'm going to talk about heaven and all of the resources in heaven, all of the rooms that are in heaven. Everything's available to you in heaven. But a lot of us don't know how to go there and get the things to bring them down to the earth. We're still praying uh, on, uh, uh, on earth as it is on earth. We're still like the two guys on the road to Emmaus, and we're praying those prayers of, well, huh God, save us from uh, those uh people in that other political party and if they would just act right then we'll all be okay and the kingdom of heaven would come if if we could just have a president that was like this or and and god is saying now now listen to me all of that is good and that's exactly you know how we should be praying but that's not our salvation that's not our resource our resource is actually the kingdom of heaven whether no matter who's in the white house The kingdom of heaven should be advancing through us, right? We don't have a political spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. All right. I liken heaven to water because water operates in three different ways, right? We have water that surrounds the earth. We have water that's on the earth in the seas and in the lakes and then we have water that's under the earth, right? We have springs that come up. The, the, the Heaven is the same way. Surrounds the earth, the things that we can see on the earth, the invisible realm, and in us like a pool of water, like a spring of fresh water. Does that make sense? Paul wrote to, um, and Paul understood this. He, he wrote to the Colossians, he said in um, Colossians 1, he said this he, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus came as the visible representation of the invisible God for a season. And, he, and, and so he said, I'm God, he's invisible, but I've come as a physical, visible representation so that you can see what he's like. He was the firstborn over all creation for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth both visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power all things were created through him and for him. Listen guys the reason that I am that I am hitting this so hard and the reason because I want to try to shift us from thinking like an earthling and I want us to start thinking like a heavenling because we were created to be spirit led not flesh led right and so those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God and trust me the earth is not groaning to see more of Tracy more of Michael I mean you know But the earth is groaning to see the spirit of God rise up in Rob. You know, because Rob, with the full spirit of God and the glory of God coming out of him, is going to completely transform the earth just as the 12 did. Have you ever thought about that? It's like, okay, could you give me a little bit more to work with? Because I'm really hoping that you didn't leave me with just 12. Okay, there were 120 in the upper room. But I'm just saying, come on. But it was those 12 that fully believed in heaven and the activities and the pattern of living from heaven and the system that God had created that we were now created to be part of that second Adam culture where we pull down heaven and we actually create the earth and prepare it for the return of Jesus Remember, heaven is not a retirement place. It's not a retirement home. Thank you. (laughs) So Paul clearly understood that there were two stories or two realms that were happening concurrently. God is invisible, but through Jesus, he became visible. And it's interesting because um, there are a lot of things that are invisible, like time. Time's invisible, but yet time is real. I can tell time because I can see it when I look in the mirror. And I realize that t- something's happened because uh, I don't look the same as I did like 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? And I can look at my baby granddaughter and I can see that even in two weeks she has changed. So I can see that there something has happened and time has passed so that I know that time is real because there's an effect and there's evidence of time in the earth. You're going to look up and Marshall is going to be two and he's going to have changed because of time. So time is real, right? Right. The other thing that's invisible are thoughts. You can't see a thought, right? But yet thoughts are very real. Because thoughts become words, right? And words become actions. And actions become your reality. And so therefore, there's evidence of what you think in the earth. And the level of revelation and power that you're walking in will give you a good indication of what you really believe. The level of love that you're giving out with an unoffendable heart will really tell you because the evidence of your thoughts can be seen in the earth. The things that you say, whether it's criticism or whether it's encouragement, will, will be an indicator of your thought life and the things that you really believe. So we need to set our mind on the things above so that what is in the invisible will be seen on the earth as visible at all of the resources of heaven. And I, beloved, I'm telling you that involves money. That involves uh, health. It's relational. God has an answer for all of earth's problems. So, how do we communicate between the invisible and the visible? How are we doing on time? Okay. La, 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 la. All right. So, I liken it to a software program, okay, on my computer. I had to really think this through because, you know, I'm not a computer person. Jeff, you may want to help me out if I I need correcting. So, someone sent me a document in Photoshop. But I did not have Photoshop in my Microsoft suite. You know, I just had the three basic, uh, uh, Word and Excel, I think is all I bought, okay? So I didn't have Photoshop, so that was two, not three. So anyway, they sent me this document in Photoshop, and I went to open it, and it wouldn't open. And then I got this little thing that popped up that said, oh, here's a choice of all of the different um, programs that you need to open this, because... What is in that document, my computer cannot receive because it's not speaking the same language. So there's a door that needs to be opened. In other words, I need to spend, you know, $100 and go get um, PowerPoint or whatever, Photoshop. The other one, whatever it is. I don't know. You get the point, right? (laughs) Work with me. (laughs) So it's just like that when you're communicating with God. When you go to those heavenly places, when you set your mind on things above, the thing is you've got to have the program on the inside of you in order for that door to open and the message to connect to the heavenly places, right? To that heavenly place. And so a lot of us uh, really need to dust off the messaging and get on with the getting on of, of praying and getting in that place of encountering the Lord. And, and the thing is, is that, let me tell you something. This is not hard. It is so easy. Like you could do it right now. Like, like Jesus. Okay. There. That's how hard it was. Set your mind on things above, not things below. Okay. Get that operating system dusted off and get busy communicating in that heavenly place. So since we've been raised a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities, the truth of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And the English standard version, virgin, virgin. Yes, he's coming back for a spotless bride. <laughs> set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. All right, so accessing heaven and the invisible realm happens first in your mind. You have to set your mind. How many of you know how to set your mind? Set your mind. Boom. How's it work? Show me. All right, there it is. How hard was that? You get in your prayer life. Don't just sit there in your prayer life. Don't just sit there and be lazy boy. You know, don't just sit there and be lazy and be like, okay, God. La 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 la. I am really thinking. I'm setting my mind on my grocery list. Man, I've got so many things to do. You know how you get quiet and all of a sudden your brain goes into high I mean, my brain never talks so much as when I'm trying to pray. Like all of a sudden it just gets like chatty Kathy and I'm going, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pray." But When I go in and I purpose myself to set my mind on Christ and set my mind on encounter and set my mind on heavenly places, guess what happens? Bam, I'm there. I'm there. And things start taking place and God starts showing me his perspective and his life begins to pour out through me and in me.